Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. We know that Satan can use thinking in just this incredible range of things in the areas of morality, philosophy, psychology, government, culture, education, science, art, medicine, music, mass media, world wide web, and of course, in the church. Think of how Satan has taken our minds in the church and confused people because of the truth. Think how many friends you know today that don't believe that God's word is true. In the church, they're told that. These are crazy times we're living in. Sometimes it seems like everything's been turned on its head. The condoning and celebration of open sin is breathtaking. What it shows is that unsaved men and women will do almost anything they set their minds upon and that the devil is loose in the church wreaking havoc. Pastor Mark's teaching today will talk about the gifts that God's given you and how to properly use them you'll learn that the gifts that God gave you should be used for the good of God's kingdom. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Romans chapter 12 as he continues this series called Motivational Gifts. He's able to use me, however, to minister to all kinds of people, just like you. And it's not unreasonable. It's very logical. In fact, look, look what it says. Is that too much to ask? It's not too much to ask. Now, so that means as a logical response and to God's mercy and grace, this kind of lifestyle makes sense. Where's my enemies? Well, my enemies to this are the world. We'll see that in a moment. My flesh and the devil. That's the enemies. The enemy doesn't like this. The enemy knows if I commit myself to God, moving toward 100, never getting there, but moving toward 100, then I'm going to be very useful to God. Incredibly useful. So the world tries to do something to me. Satan tries to do something to me. And I am sometimes my own worst enemy. Remember, Jesus talked about, he says, you people are childish. The Bible says we're to become like little children, but we're not to become childish. He said you're childish. You're just into me. What does a child do? A child just says me, 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 me. Just me. Take care of me. Don't care about my mouth. Just take care of me. Well, that verse doesn't say me. That verse says God. Me, church. What do you think? That couldn't be an attitude today, is it? Yes, it is. You see, it's all about me. And when 9-11 was needed, well, I came because I needed it. But when I didn't think I needed it, I'm going to do my thing, not God's thing. So Paul challenges us and he says, now, come on, quit focusing on what you want. And here's what God wants. Now, 
how do I stop living for myself then? How do I, how do I make sure I have this attitude of gratitude? How do I commit myself to God? How do I do that? Well, he tells us in verse 2. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your, the operative word in that verse is your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So Paul says, you won't ever serve with your motivational gifts with the right attitude unless your mind is changed. You see, my mind is very selfish. You and I, we have to understand tonight that our mind is a doorway to the hearts. Our minds and our hearts are the breeding grounds for our behavior, whether it's good or whether it's bad. Our thoughts become actions. Now, we know that. Proverbs 23, 7, the King James says, For as a man or a woman thinks in his heart or her heart, so they become. So the kind of things I'm thinking about is what I actually become. So where is the battle? The battleground is always the mind. So if I'm going to use my gifts, if I'm going to use those one of those seven motivational gifts, I have to have the right mindset about it. Well, what is the right mindset? I'm going to use them not to promote myself. Some of you might say, well, I hope when we get through, I know I have that gift of teaching so I can be in front of lots of people and promote myself. You wouldn't say that to us, but my selfish nature inside says that. But that's not the right motivation. The motivation is love and thankfulness for God's incredible mercy to us. So the battleground is the mind. Here's a very important principle you have to always understand. Satan wants to control our minds, squeeze it conform it to his way, but God wants to transform it. You see, my mind is already fleshly because I still have a sin nature. When I got saved, the only part of me that got saved was my spirit. If I was 150 pounds overweight when I got saved and I came out of that prayer room, I'm still 150 pounds body overweight. But my mind is still thinking me And yet now God lives inside me. So I have somebody inside me, which is the Holy Spirit, that's going to equip me and going to talk to my mind. Now, A.W. Tozer says this, Our thoughts not only reveal what we are, they predict what we will become. We will soon be the sum total of our thoughts. So you and I... What we are is what we're thinking and what we have been thinking. Now, we see the power of Satan's influence on our minds in our world. There's no question about that. What people hear, watch, read, become very influential. This is the kind of age we're at today. Never before have our minds been flooded with more evil 24-7. It's always in front of us. Now, we know that Satan can use thinking in just this incredible range of things in the areas of morality, philosophy, psychology, government, culture, education, science, art, medicine, music, mass media, world wide web, and of course, in the church. 
Think of how Satan has taken our minds in the church and confused people because of the truth. Think how many friends you know today that don't believe that God's word is true. In the church, they're told that. One of our elders got to go over to UCF and share in a religious class. And uh, he just wrote us a little summary of kind of what happened. And it was interesting. I won't tell you the church. It was another religion and then another church. And he was there. And basically, the one religion basically said this. You can kind of live however you want. And you decide what eternity is all about yourself. Then the Protestant person got up and they talked about their church. And this certain book that you can get. Didn't really talk about the principles of God's word. Didn't talk about salvation. Didn't talk about that the word's true at all. And then, of course, one of our elders got up and just shared what we always do. Well, we're fortunate. Now, those other kids that are there that don't go to church, they're confused. Here's one person that says this. The other person kind of goes like, oh, it's a nice social club. And the other person says, you decide what truth is. It's amazing. But that's what the enemy has done, and that's what we're here now. Now, turn with me quickly. We'll be back to Romans in a second. You still with me? Romans chapter 8. So Paul says, I have to have my mind renewed. I have to think different. Look at starting in verse 5. Those who live according to their sinful nature have their minds set on what that nature desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. So here's the dichotomy. In my heart, I still have, in my life, I still have this old sinful nature. I have to to battle it all the time. Now, I have God in me to help me. I can certainly beat it because God told me I can always win the battle. You'll see that in a moment. I can always win it, but I have to choose to win it. So, notice, those who live according to the sinful nature... Well, let's take an illustration. You go in for here tonight and say, you know, it's early enough. I'm going to head to the video store over here. You go in, and you get to start going down the rows. Yeah. Now, how's your mind thinking? Well, let's see. Here's the G's. Here's the PG's. Here's the PG-13's. Here's the R. Hopefully you don't go to the back room. (laughs) We'll just stop at the R. Okay? Now, what's going through your mind while you're in there? You get over the R and go, Ooh, man, that thing won all kinds of awards. Let's see what it's like. Anybody else from Calvary Chapel here? Is the checkout clerk from Calvary Chapel? Oh, no, that's right. Now, while you're doing that, if you're Christian, is there any voice inside? What's the voice say? Now, if you've got a hard heart, the voice goes, go for it, go for it, go for it. You know it doesn't, don't you? Because the spirit inside says, nah, wrong choice, correct? Now, can I obey or disobey? I can do either one. But see, there is a guide in me because it's the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Remember, I'm supposed to be holy. 
So you understand that battle. It's, it's very simple. I mean, in a stupid way, but very simple. Verse 6. The mind of the sinful man, if I follow through with that, the mind of the sinful man is, well, it's death. But the mind, here's the word, controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. So if I make the right choice and leave, I feel good with myself. Some stupid thing like that. I feel good with myself because I did the right thing. Now, the seven, the sinful mind is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Look at verse eight. Those controlled by the sinful nature, circle it, cannot please God. What was in view of God's mercies? I want to do this and that and that so I can please God. So if I follow the mind without God, my mind, if I follow the fleshly way, I can't ever, ever, ever please God. So there's this sinful mindset and there's this spiritual mindset. And that's where the struggle goes. You say, man, I feel defeated here. No, verse 9, you ought to start in your Bible. You, however... Paul says, are not controlled by your sinful nature, but by the Spirit, if the Spirit of God lives in you. In other words, Paul says, you don't have to worry if there's somebody going to guide you in these decisions. You say, well, I couldn't turn to Acts 4.3 and it says, you can only do a PG, you can't do a PG-13. Well, it wasn't there in those days, was it? I can't turn to Galatians 4.8 and it says, don't go to high lie. There was no high lie. I mean, how big would the Bible be if we had to have all this? We'd all have hernias all the time. It just, so it, it isn't those specific things. It's the spirit of God that's in us. And by the way, there's a lot of gray areas. And I'm not going to get into that. That's Romans 14. That's up for you. I'm not going to say this and there. But I will say this. The more you're a Christian, the longer you're a Christian, you just don't want to do, well, it's okay. Paul says all things are lawful for me. But some things just aren't really good for me. So the more you're a Christian, it's not like, how close can I get and still be okay? It's like, nah, there's no use even going there. I don't need to go there. Because I want to have life and peace. See, that's the key. And of course, we all struggle with that sometimes. So look at this verse. You, however, are not controlled by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit, if the Spirit lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. Well, obviously. So if you're a Christian, do you have the Spirit living in you? Absolutely you do. And he speaks to us. He speaks volumes to us. Now back to Romans chapter 12. We're almost through. Only four more pages. No, no, we'll be through. Here we go. As you look at verse 2, Philip's paraphrases it. Old translation. Philip says this, Don't let the world squeeze you into its own mold. When we come to the kingdom of God, we should abandon the thought patterns and the lifestyles of the world. I came across an article, and I won't have a lot of time to explain to you, but there's farmers now in Japan that are producing full-size grown watermelons, but they're not ordinary they're square. And the watermelons are square because when they start growing and they put them in this tempered glass cubes and they keep growing and they grow square. You say, what? Why would you grow a square watermelon? Because it fits in the refrigerator a lot better. 
So how does that happen? How do they do this? Well, how can this round thing become square? It's squeezed from a young age and just conforms to that which it's squeezed into. How are you and I conformed to the world? We just let the world do it. Inch by inch by inch. And then we look back and go, how did I get here? It wasn't like this. It was that process that Satan used for all of us. So, Paul says, you have to have your mind renewed. How does that work? What does it mean to have a renewed mind? Here it is. God transforms our minds and then our actions through one thing. His word. His word. Let me just say this to you. What is a renewed mind? A renewed mind thinks like God. Pastor Mark, how does God think? Open your Bible. This is the mind of God? This is how he thinks? So if somebody's just done me really wrong at work, what's my natural reaction? Revenge. Get them. Get even. God speaks to it. That's not his way. Revenge is God, not ours. You leave that to God. So we'll have, in fact, we'll cover that in in chapter 12. Now, I'll just give you two verses because I don't have time to go there. John 8.31 and John 8.32. What that simply means is, notice this one verse. You don't have to turn there. If I'm going to be renewed in my mind, which means I'm going to think the things of God, first thing I have to do is I have to know the Bible. That's why you're here. Good job. Terrific. Excellent. See, I can't be renewed in that which I don't know. And then second, I have to stay in it. Notice, to the Jews who believed him, Jesus said, if you hold, that word hold in the original language means to continue in it, read it, meditate on it, absorb it, live it, practice it. That's what you're doing. Good job. Excellent. Terrific. Because see now, you know why the name motivational gift. It doesn't come because it motivates you. It comes because I'm motivated by the love of God and the mercy of God. And then it does motivate me. It's not a self-interest thing at all. So understand that's simply what God does. So what is renewed mind? Think about this. A renewed mind thinks like God. In other words, the things I do match the word of God. It starts with my mind. As a man thinks, so is he. So I have to be in the Word of God, and the Holy Spirit speaks me, and He keeps me, and He keeps me in the Spirit, and He keeps me growing, and my, my mind is there. Now look back at Romans chapter 12, verse 2, and we'll finish right here. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of the world. Why is He saying any longer? Because He's speaking to the Romans. Of course, they live by the sinful world. I mean, they were pagans. They were doing whatever. He says, don't live that way anymore. You're different people. But be transformed by the word that, that word transform is, is an ongoing process. Just think of that square, uh, watermelon. It's an ongoing process. You have to shape and shape and shape and shape it. it takes time. Well, God's in the process. Just think of yourself as that watermelon. He's shaping, shaping you, shaping you, and He's making you to be more like Him. That's what God's doing. So He says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Circle this word, next word. Then. Then, 
you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, perfect will. The New English Bible says it like this. Then you'll be able to discern the will of God. There probably isn't a question that I'm asked more often or that, let's be honest, we all struggle with ourselves. Then what is the will of God? We just always ask that over and over and over again. Notice, New English Bible says, Then you will be able to discern uh, the will of God and to know what is good, acceptable, and perfect. So as God begins to change my mind and change the way I think, I begin to think like Him. And if I think like Him, I'm going to act like Him. And now, notice this. And God's going to transform me. And then his will in my life is going to be very pleasing to me. Here's Psalm 37, 4. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. You see, I like to say, here's the desires of my heart. Help me get to them, God. No, God says, no, 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 no. You delight yourself in me, and I'll give you the desires of your heart. Now, well, how's that work? Well, usually he changes my desire. To match what he wants. And then I discover, guys, we have to learn this. The best place in the world for you is in the center of God's will. I don't care where it is. I said to the guys today, jokingly, what if next week God says you're going to Singapore or India? And you're going to be over there and that's where I'm going to put you in that little, remember that little church with the breeze through and whatever? I'm putting you right there. Well, I'd certainly want to make sure it's him and whatever. What if that was God's will for me? Would that be good for me? Absolutely. You say, well, it would be bad for us. No, it wouldn't, because he'd have somebody else walk right on in. You see, if we don't believe that, then you might as well quit your Christian walk right now. God doesn't ever make a mistake. He's got a perfect plan for you, and when I find it, it'll be good to me. It may not be what I wanted initially, but it definitely will be good for me. William McDonald does this. Look at three things. I like the way he puts it. Knowing the will of God. The first is a yielded body. That's what we talked about. First thing is, say, God, I'm yours. Here you are. I'm yours. Second thing. God, I'm yours in the life I live. I want it to be separated. I want it to be holy. That's what Paul said. Third, God, transform my mind. And once you transform my mind, then I can think like you think. And I'm not going to have these weird kind of thoughts. I'm going to know that your will for me is good. So the gift that you gave me. As you discover your gift, you might say, well, I don't like my gift. I'd rather have his gift. But God didn't give you his gift. He gave you your gift. So what do you have to do with it? I have to live with it. You know, we all have a face, we all have a figure, we all have whatever, certain intelligence and stuff. That's what we got. God gave it to us and he uses us. We're all different. That's the beautiful thing about this. Last verse, I myself no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Does he live in you? Hallelujah. And so I live my life in this earthly body by trusting the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Why are you here? Because of the mercies of God. Are you filled with gratitude? I hope so. Because that's the only motivation that'll change your life and my life. You see, if I'm not, then I can't please God and I'm not being transformed. But you are. You're pleasing to God. Put yourself in His hands. Commit yourself. 
You learned today in Pastor Mark's teaching the difference between being like a child and being childish. You were reminded that as a Christ follower, your life isn't your own anymore. You belong to God, and you're supposed to be looking for the ways you can best serve Him in His kingdom. This requires that you begin to take on His way of thinking about the world and your life. There's so much to learn from Pastor Mark's current series, so be sure to join us again. In the meantime, we'd like to offer you a CD copy of today's message for your own archives or for you to share with friends and family. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on Order a Message at the top of the page. There you'll be asked for the mailing information and be sure to include today's date. Each CD costs $5 to cover materials and shipping. Again, to order your CD copy, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com. This wraps up the first half of Pastor Mark's teaching called Motivational Gifts. Next time, he'll pick it back up with part two in this series called Motivational Gifts. You'll learn more about what it means to be a living sacrifice and the challenges that come to your life when you try to do this. Pastor Mark will talk about the kind of mindset it takes to be dead to yourself, but alive in Christ. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a hurting